Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kyle Schwarber back in the building. John Lester back in the building. Cubs back to 500. It's the Windy City Cubs podcast, which we'll get to in a second. But the breaking news today is with the White Sox. So I got to give my two cents here on Tony LaRussa and your mean Mercedes swinging at a 3 0 pitch against a position player hitting at 400 feet. I'm new school. At least I like to be. But 3-0 up 15-4, it's not my favorite. It's not a crime. doesn't keep me up at night, but it's not my favorite. And when you put the two hands up to the heavens after you come around the bases at 15-4 to to make it 16-4, to for me, that makes it even slightly more painful. And then when your manager comes out and makes it public, that he's apologizing to the Twins because he wants everyone to know in baseball that this is not what he stands for rather than keeping it private, which would have been better. I'm not on board with that one either. So now now we're just adding on to it. And then your mean has got to come back in and say that, yeah, I'm your mean. You're mean. You're a 28-year-old rookie. You're not a 10-year vet. You just got here. And by the way, judging by the talent, it seems like you should have been here earlier. But you're perhaps not doing everything right off the field. You're certainly not in the best shape of your life. And I know no one cares right now. But when a guy like that isn't playing particularly well, the fact that he's not in the best shape will come to the forefront. So, when you're again, when you're that talented and it's taking you that long to get there, you got to start looking at things. And when you're saying, I'm your mean, you're your mean. You're a 28-year-old rookie. Fall in line. Hey, Tony's the manager. I'm the player. I am going to listen to my manager, who's won more games than only three managers in the history of baseball. Authority issues. Look in the mirror. You do not have the leeway and maybe you do, but it just doesn't feel right for me. Just wear it, your mean. Hey, man, that's not what my manager wants, and I want to play for my manager, and I want to play for the White Sox. So just a lot of negativity with a team that's just crushing. But a reminder, the news cycle flows along. The White Sox will keep winning baseball games. The White Sox will be fine. But, oh, my God. Tony. You said you were going to let the players play. Now they're doing things that you don't want. Get on board with what baseball is. Would you have said the same thing if it was Tim Anderson? Probably not. Would have let it slide. But you're going to pick on your mean, and now you got your mean saying he's going to be your mean. And now the whole clubhouse is going to be talking about you. And now Tony is the story again, which you don't want. Hanging out in the back, chilling, 
doing what he can to support his players behind the scenes. That's the LaRusso we need. Wow. Everything's going right for the White Sox, seemingly, but uh, this was a little bit of a, a rough turn. But again, news cycle, back at it. Another ball game today. Keep on rolling. Uh, but it is worth watching. White Sox pod coming up, by the way, will record on Thursday. It'll come out on Friday. The Windy City podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com. Put in that promo code FANSIDE20. They've got the lawnmower 4.0, which is sweet. It's optimized. It's waterproof. You can groom in the shower. You don't have to worry about making a mess. That's the way to do it. It's got the wireless charging system, and yes, don't use what you use for your face on your private parts. Give your private parts the respect they deserve. Go to manscaped.com, fan-sided 20, 20% off, free shipping. You will be happy that you got yourself the lawnmower 4.0. Without further ado, Schwarber's back, Lester's back, the Cubs back to 500. And we get a little bit windy on this one all the way back to Cubstock 2016 when they won the World Series and when it all started to go wrong. The Windy City Cubs podcast starts right now. Showtime. Schwarber to center. Hap watching it. See you later. Welcome back to Chicago, Kyle Schwarber. You know, it's definitely special. Uh, you know... I, I feel like that, um, you know, I just wanted to go out my, my time here. I just wanted to go out there and play as hard as I can. And, uh, you know, I don't feel like I was anything special, um, anything like that, but for them to go ahead and do that, that it was, uh, really nice. And it meant a lot. Uh, thank you to the, uh, to the fans and, uh, to the organization there for doing that. All right. I don't want to be too, uh, upsetting to you guys, but, in the John Lester, Kyle Schwarber week that everyone is kind of weeping. And I love John Lester and I love Kyle Schwarber and I wish they were both still Cubs, but the whole they're back and it's just too emotional for me. I have no emotions. I, maybe if I was in the park and had, and, and heard the, or, and watched the video tribute, I would be feeling this. And I do have a, a pro Schwarber take when he hits a bomb against you. That's you don't throw that ball back. Keep the baseball. Whoever that fan was that threw the Schwarber ball back, that's your baseball. That's Kyle Schwarber. You don't throw it back. That's he's still one of us. But I, I don't know. I'm not in any wheat mode here. They're they're both done, and or or one's done and one's not good. Beto, are you upset seeing Schwarber and and John Lester walk back into Wrigley Field, or did you celebrate the fact the Cubs just crushed John Lester and Javi Baez hit one to the moon? Can I just say both? I'm excited about both, man. I mean, I, I felt they've been crushing left-handed pitching. I thought they matched up well, but. Yeah, of course I miss those dudes, and it was good to see. I, I can't believe you're saying this, that you had no emotion. It's like Craig Hodges, probably when he ran into the <laughs> Chicago Stadium for the first time after winning back-to-back three-point competitions, you probably cried in his first game back. But I know, no this emotion is a for two guys take. that ended the, the longest drought in American sports history it, okay. and no emotion. From oh, okay, okay. You know what? I'm going to apologize for my take. I'm staying with my take, but I'll explain my take. The sappy nerd cub fan and thank you for listening to the windy podcast if you're out there we really appreciate you but but the cub fan that's been going to the cub convention and is just weeping about right. less like i i can't i can't i don't 
I don't want to be identified with you. I really don't. Like I, I love you. I know I know you've you've got your blue Cubs belt and your Ernie Banks pin and all of that you're super tucked su- in Greg Maddox jersey. <laughs> yeah. Definitely tucked in. I mean you're all you're adorable and that's great. And you probably got a program from nineteen seventy nine that Les Grobstein autographed and all you 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 guys are adorable. But I, I just there's something that's going on this week with the sappiness around Lester and Schwarber that I'm having a, a tough time with. Can I just say I wanted them to sign both of them. Can I, st- I just say this is a horrible take? <laughs> Here's why this is a horrible take. Okay, because last night, okay, I try, and obviously you guys know I'm a diehard obsessed Cubs fan, but I try when I analyze things to have some modicum of objectivity towards like what is best for the Cubs, right? So like we had this discussion about. What is best for the Cubs? Kyle Schwarber for one year, Jack Peterson for one year. And I said that I thought it would be Peterson because of the defense and all these other things, and I still stand by that take. But I got to tell you, watching Kyle Schwarber in a Nationals jersey last night sucked, okay? (laughs) And watching John Lester pitch for the Nationals against the Cubs sucked. And so I tweeted last night a poll asking, are you enjoying this former Cubs reunion game? 75% of the 90, the whopping 90 votes that I got on Twitter said, yes, it's nice to see them. 24.4% said, no, this is excruciating. And I got news for you. I'm in the know. It was excruciating. John Lester should have a statue built of him. I agree. He's the best free agent they ever signed. And the fact that he was willing to come back for 5 million measly bucks and they said no is a joke and I hated it. That's my take. I agree with every bit of what you said. I wanted them back. Statue for Lester. They're not even trying to win. So if you're not trying to win, just give us the sappiness. That's all we can ask for this year. They're going to win 80 games. So at least if they're going to win 80 games or fewer, give me John Lester. I don't care if he gives up seven runs a start. I wanted to cheer that man until his last day in Major League Baseball, which should be with the Cubs. The fact that they just felt the need to add Trevor Williams because <laughs> for whatever reason they can, you know, John Lester's done. He might be done, but it doesn't matter if he's done. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't make a difference. He can be your fifth starter. Yes. I get it. I get it. And Schwarber deserves a statue, too. That guy does it fine right field in the 10th inning in Cleveland. I'm sorry. We ain't winning that game. I really believe that. And everything else he did in the playoffs, too. They both deserve statues. But... I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old. Just uh, I, I, I like you're a little jaded. Yeah, we something. That. Well, I think I think maybe I'm trying to defend you here because your take, like Jordan said, was terrible. But <laughs> if we get to a point where maybe it was just too much sappiness, it was like every single tweet. Like right. Lester, it was like when he came out for warm up, gets the standing ovation. Like you know, when he goes out to the mound, gets the standing ovation. When he comes up to bat for the first time, gets the standing ovation. When he gets taken out of the game last night, it's the standing ovation. It's something that the Cardinals fans would do for David Freeze right now, and that's probably what nauseates you. Is that <laughs> yeah, but, correct? Is that fair? Is it over the top? It, it it is, and like it's not as much as I appreciate those guys. Like that's what I would want for Bryant when he comes back in a Giants or A's or whatever oh. uniform he's going to be wearing next year. Oh. I won't want it for Javi. I won't even really want it. He's going to be signed with the A's for seven fig- or eight figures. Uh, well, Where's that from? I don't know. There, there, there's going to be a deal that they're going to Vegas, and all of a sudden there will be all this money, and some fat cat's oh. going to have it, and next thing you know they're signing Chris Bryant. I don't know. Whoever it's going to be. I hope it's the Cubs, clearly. I think I've said that a thousand times. But – 
there was just a little bit too much like cubbiness to it. And Kyle Schwarber, I love Sh- like okay, okay, okay. Let, let's let's Kyle let's- Schwarber blew out his knee in April and in the same season returned, having not played one game and hit over four hundred in the World I, Series. I know. I think that he is he is maybe over lionized because of what he did. But what he did was amazing. I mean, he really did not turn out to be Legend. a very good player for the Cubs in the totality of his career. He was okay at best. But that 2016, I'm fine with Like, I get what you're saying. I think sometimes as Cubs fans, we lionize guys that played for the team that don't deserve it. But the difference here is that these two guys won. They won. This was part of the team that won. And I don't care if we celebrate the Cubs of 2016 like the way that the 85 Bears are celebrated because that team, those guys, that 25-man roster is the only one in anyone's waking lifetime that ever actually won. So I have no yep. problem with cheering John Lester for – like uh, if he if they show him picking his nose in the dugout, they should give him a standing ovation. Listen, and the guy – It was a what, scratch. I'll, I'll claim it was a scratch. If somebody sees him picking, it's a scratch. 100, a 100%. And, and he had, what was it, three days of buying Miller Lights. I went down to yes, – He spent $40,000 on – Chicagoans. I think it was even more than yes. that. I think it's division, four. right? At yes. the lodge or something? I, I went down to the lodge. I got myself two Miller Lights. I, I, I mean, I literally walked in. They're like, how many do you want? Thanks, John Lester. Never quit. Love you. You're the man. Guy buys you a drink, and you're ready to say, too much. No, no, no. Too much celebration see, when see, he but, comes back. I, I, would, I, I would give Rob Zestrizny a standing ovation. That's my guy. Not bad. If he came guy. in. Matt Caesar. I'm bowing down to him See, if he comes down because he was on that team. John I, Lester, like Jordan said, statue. I think I, I think I draw the line at Rob Zastrisny, but I think I'd at least give a golf clap <laughs> to Matt Caesar. Did college. you did you say Rob Zastrisny because of me? Uh, not to make this podcast about me, but did you mm-hmm. say that because of my moment with Rob Zastrisny? Do you know? No, about- but now I need to hear about. It. I don't even know your moment. I just tried to uh, think of the most. I'm, I'm not calling Rob Zastrisny. I know you're listening. You obscure as a baseball player or as a guy, but I was trying to think of. Someone that maybe had a less of an impact on that team. So I that was the first name that came to mind. So I think it was last week on the podcast, although this part did not make the podcast last week because Carmen did a bad job getting the podcast out. I just condensed it down. But in Cleveland, Game 7, as I snuck my way onto the field, and there was no Chicago media out there, and I wasn't able to, quote, capitalize. Beto, you had a great line on that, by the way, saying you were the only guy on the field. You were capitalizing, you dick. And- How did that – yeah, I can't believe that didn't – that got cut. Like, it, that's like Snyder cut, like, from, like, this Batman stuff. Like, you need to leave that stuff in. Because I, yeah, but so. we were we were a couple days behind, and, and it just, it, yeah, it, it was more ever it was more evergreen after that. It was a bad job by me. It won't happen. This podcast is going up today, damn it. A uh, very busy week for Carm last week. My apologies. So, but the point is that I get, I get on the field. It's only John Cusack and whoever. And then I go into the clubhouse. I'm having, you know, Albert Elmore touching home plate convos. We're having, it's all going on. But I didn't get any real, not that, not that many one-on-ones. But Rob Zastrizny was sitting in the corner on the ground. There's like Bud Light cans around him. Rizzo <laughs> turns me down for a one-on-one after he sat there and talked to Ken Rosenthal for 20 minutes. I'm like, and I'm, I'm like in the in the stairwell, was just standing waiting. And I just, Anthony's like, I'm done. You're done. You just talked to Ken Rosenthal for 20 minutes. You can't give Carmen three seconds. This is when I turned on Rizzo right there. But so, <laughs> just for the record, but so I walk back in. Zastrizny's just sitting there, and I'm like, "You want to hang?" Basically, and he's like, "He's like, come on." And I I sat down on the clubhouse floor 
legs extended, and me and Rob's ass Trizzy just talked 10 minutes about life. And it was like the highlight of my cub covering life. That And, and KP took a picture of it. Which he, uh, He's your boy. Rob's ass Trizzy, the greatest guy ever. I mean, that was a That's crazy awesome. story. Yeah. You know, he, he, he pitched in. Uh, How would Harry have handled Rob's ass Trizzy? Harry. <laughs> <laughs> That, that, that is amazing. What he, what he trying to spell that backwards? His name spelled backwards is one Estrizas. <laughs> We're bringing in. Okay, I let's know. just I, call him the Z Man. I can't believe he, Rob. he'd finally call Jason. Get Jason Isringhausen's name correct, but he would say it for Rob Estrizny. That is such Coming a. Coming in is Rob Isringhausen. That's such yeah. a strong take by you to bring up Rob Estrizny. Abito, I think you have to go fairly soon, so I want to give you just a second to uh, lay out your take on the ball club right now after uh, some tough losses in Cleveland, tough loss in Detroit, win over the Nationals, recording before Tuesday night's game, 500 ball club. Any thoughts of uh, optimism, pessimism? Where are you right now? This is where this team is at. I will say I'm about heading out to a dentist. That's why I have to leave. Not the last time I went to the dentist because that was five years ago, but I went to the dentist before game seven. (laughs) Of the World Series, so another Game 7 tie-in. It's also supposed to rain tonight like it did then, so I'm feeling very similar. Same situation with my same nerves that I had going into that game as I do for Cubs-Nats Game 2 at Wrigley for a 500-ball club. So, I don't know. This team's a 500 club um, as of now, and it's going to be like this. They they won a lot of one-run games early. They've lost a lot of one-run games late, and I expect to see – more of the same, but maybe you guys will talk about this. But the thing that excites me most outside of some of the bats coming around is uh, some finally some useful developed yeah. pitching coming out of the bullpen, which I think is the most encouraging part. Who, who yeah, the hell the is who the hell is Tommy Nance? I was fired up on guy. Tom- Tommy Modern Na- day Bobby Scales out of the, out of the bullpen. <laughs> Bobby Scales. <laughs> T T Nance was dealing last night. The curveball was shot. I know what I'm leaving, by the way. I'm, I'm hanging right, up on Bobby Scales. Have a wonderful evening. All okay. right. See you, Beto. Did you watch Tommy Nance last night? I, I was impressed. I mean, he <laughs> – well, I will say this. Justin Steele has looked really good. I I think that they there actually are a couple guys – I mean – I don't, who knows about Tommy Nance? It could be Pete Nance or Larry Nance, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> All I'm saying that Justin Steele actually looks pretty good. Hopefully I mean, not Pete Nance. <laughs> well, this year Pete Nance is a little better. Okay. All I'm saying is, at least, at least Justin Steele looks like a guy that like wants the ball in a big moment. Right? He gets fired up. He's got some. He, you know, he's got some panache out there. I like it. Do I like what I've seen from a Justin Steele? Do we have to like bring in a nickname for Justin Steele? Cold Steel on ice, Cold Steel at Wrigley. Something is he? Is he worthy? I don't know if he's worthy yet. <laughs> I, I listen, Jordan. Your guy pitched well. Kyle Hendricks looked good on Sunday. He did. I what what I would say though is what we're seeing from this team is I think what they are, which is to say that. They're going to have some good games. They're going to have some bad games. They're going to have a couple of nice weeks. They're going to have some bad weeks. And then you're going to look at the standings. You're going to go to 500. I mean, I think that's. I think what they're doing at 20 and 20 is playing basically exactly to what I think they're capable of being. They're going to have weeks where they hit and they score runs and they win games. And then they're probably going to have a series in Pittsburgh where they get swept and you're going to want to tear your hair out. It's just I don't think that – like. What part of their team is anything better than decent? They're they're decent. It's a very logical take, and I think it's a correct take. And I'm going to sit here and hope that this team is just going to get hot. You ha- you have. No, I, I agree, but I, I just like where it would have to come. 
Well, the, hold on. The, the, the way that I the way that I rationalize karma is like, yes, it would be great if they could get hot, but but objectively speaking, they don't have a good enough pitching staff to really get hot. Right, their offense could get hot for a week, but I don't even think that their offense is good enough to sustain a long offensive tear for them to win a bunch of games. And then when you look at the rotation, I mean, it's okay, but it's a 500 rotation, right? I mean, Jake Arrieta has been solid. Kyle Hendricks has been bad, and you figure he will be better. Zach Davies is okay. Albert Albert Alzali, I like what I've seen. I mean, I think that he looks like he might be a good young pitcher. What about maybe not this year? The point is. They're average. What about a Nico Horner? What about a springing to his left to sit with? That was a nice play. The little Andrew Chafin pumping his fist down the mound. Tell me you didn't. You, that was a cubby excitement moment. It was, and I will say this. I love it. I, I am enjoying Andrew Chafin. Oh, he's awesome. Andrew Chafin is funny. He gets it. He doesn't take himself seriously. He looks ridiculous. I love Andrew Chafin. The hat with the hair. It's yes. it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal, and and the, and the fat ass. All of it is beautiful. <laughs> let me let me rewind back to where we started the podcast today. Anthony Rizzo wearing a John Lester uniform going into Wrigley yesterday. That's incredibly sweet. The Cubs tweeting out a picture of Schwarber from their social media account with forever. No, you don't get to do it. You let this guy walk for Jock Peterson, who's got a negative war. Well, the Cubs social media team didn't do that. Yeah, but I know they didn't. It's not, it's not Jed tweeting this. Right, but you're you're on, you're part of the this ball This is like club. Travis Miller tweeting this, so he's allowed to tweet that. I would write at the Cubs social media on this forever. Not forever. Yeah, you let him. Here, here's the thing. Like, I was talking about this earlier with our guy Kevin Powell. Part of the issue to me is that if you were going to they, – they, it was clear to me that they wanted to rebuild, and that's why they got rid of Schwarber. And then when they realized that all these depreciating assets that they had going into the season were not going to net them want what they wanted, they decided we're going to go for 500, which is what they're probably going to accomplish if they don't trade these guys away, so they signed Jack Peterson. My issue with it is that it looks now like they decided to replace Kyle Schwarber with Jack Peterson, and I don't think they will ever admit it publicly but I honestly think that what they did try to do, and I'm not defending the Cubs here because I just said that I wish they would have kept Schwarber, but I really think that what they tried to do was rebuild. They failed, and then they had to sign somebody to play left field, and Jack Peterson was a sort of equivalent version of Kyle Schwarber after he had signed in Washington, and so this is how it turned out. I'm not defending the move again, but I'm saying to you, this is what I think happened. And so I think that if they knew going into this season, Carm, that they were going to be 500 and that they were not going to try to rebuild, they probably would have kept Kyle Schwarber. I think that they do like Kyle Schwarber. I I, I think they they appreciate Schwarbs, and ultimately this was Jed's call. And I'm looking at all the responses to Forever and and most people. They're finally Brian W. Forever too cheap to resign him. Thank you. Somebody writes something like that on <laughs> right. there. Took it took like the thirtieth response. But you know what? I, you know what I'm saying though, right? Like I think that they if they knew at the beginning of the offseason because why did they know. trade you Darvish? They traded you Darvish because they wanted to save sixty eight million dollars and they thought they were starting a rebuilding plan. Once they realized that they weren't going to get the value that they were hoping for, for a Baez, for a Bryant. Because before Chris Bryant was playing at MVP level, he struggled last year because he was hurt. The value was low. I think they were trying to rebuild. That's why they let Schwarber go. That's why they let Lester go. And then when they realized they couldn't do it, they were like, well, I guess we got these guys under contract. We're going to have to try to compete. So come on down, Jock Peterson, and come on down, 
Trevor Williams. I think you're giving them too much credit. I think they, on, on one level, uh, two things. I think they knew what the market was going to be. and I don't think that they knew. I think that, that they were hoping. They, maybe maybe they were had like a 10% hope. But I think that they... Because why else would you trade you Darvish for Zach Davies and four teenagers? It's a terrible trade. Because other they, than to save $60 million bucks. Be, Right. Because at least we can get rid of you Darvish and get something that they seemingly liked. Whereas... We're not going to be able to get anything for Chris. But, again, I don't think that you try to cut your losses like that when he had three years left on his deal unless you're rebuilding. So that's my point. The but point, it doesn't make any sense otherwise. He, I mean, yes, they wanted to save $60 because they didn't have any fans in the stands last year, but they would have saved whatever was so, re- remaining so, on that contract if they had traded him after this year. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're saying – because they could have traded – Kyle Hendricks would have gotten you something. Yes. And so I'm why did they do that? Because I think what they did was they went into the offseason. Off, off Theo left because he thought, I'm not blowing up the team that I built that won the World Series. Jed, this is for you. Okay? Then they went into the offseason with a plan to blow this thing into smithereens. So they went in and they said, we're trading you, Darvish. We're going to save the money. We're going to get some teenagers in here. It's not going to matter because we're going to stink. So they did that, right? Then they get Zach Davies because they needed a major league pitcher to pitch on a roster like Paul Mahalam, right? You need human bodies to fill a roster. Sure. Okay? So they do that. Out of nowhere, Paul Mahalam. Then they say, right, we got Rob Zestrisny, and so why not Paul Mahalam? Then they say, why are we going to keep John Lester on a thank you contract on a team that's going to lose 100 games? See you, John. Thank you. We love you. Then they said, why are we going to keep Kyle Schwarber here for $7 bucks when we're going to suck? Kyle, we love you. You're a legend. You hit 400 in the World Series. See you later. Then I think they went to the rest of the offseason, and the plan was, and I, I don't think they'll ever admit this. This is Jordan Birdfield's thought. I think they went in and they said, okay, let's see what we can get for Chris Bryant. Let's see what we can get for Javi Baez. Let's see what we can get for Wilson Contreras. Let's see what we can get for Kyle Hendricks. Let's go down the list. And they kept doing it, and it was an offseason during a pandemic when nobody knew what was going to happen with the finances of all these teams. They realized we're not getting what we want. We're going to get – Let's Leap on a stick. And so now we're going to try to win because we have no choice because these guys are all going to be on the roster. Let, let me give you the – Come co- on down, Jack Peterson. Come on down, Trevor Williams. Come on down, Andrew Chafin and your mustache and your mullet. Let me let me give you the what actually happened in the Cubs' terrible world of how they run baseball operations historically. Do you, th- do you see merit in what I'm saying? No. No, because they. I, I. I. love your take. I love. I. I. I appreciate the passion and everything that you're doing. No merit. You Z- don't think that zero, this is what they no, did? No, because they could have traded Wilson Contreras. They could, and and gotten something. And they could have traded Kyle Hendricks and gotten something equivalent to what they got for you Darvish. You don't think that the un the un. I don't think they were just willing to punt on Darvish if they were actually going. They would have punted on all of them. I think that the uncertainty of the pandemic and not knowing no what way. was going to happen affected the market in a way where these guys were not going to be worth what they would have been worth. But, but hold on, hold on. Darvish had a friendly, team-friendly contract. Same thing with Kyle Hendricks. Same sort thing of. with. I mean, Hendricks. Contract is very team And same thing with Wilson Contreras. Those guys, if you were really doing a rebuild, they would have gone. I'm not saying you would have gotten anything for Chris. Or maybe they would have wanted to keep Wilson because he was cheap. That's another idea. Yeah, but if you're really going into a rebuild and committing to it, you're going to trade your most valuable pieces, which they did not do. What I think happened is out of nowhere, you had Tom Ricketts was saying this was the budget. And then I think he started to see, well, it's going to open up. There's going to be more fans. 
Things changed, however they changed, and they told Jed, hey, you actually have more money. And then he started looking around. Oh, I've got this much money. Well, Jock Peterson is a value out there right now, and he's only on a one-year deal, so we'll take a swing at that. He's trying to have cake and eat it too, rebuild on the fly. Right, but again, if that's the case, yeah, why wouldn't you give John Lester a one-year thank-you contract? For all he did for your franchise, you choked the $5 million down, you sign for whatever he is. If he's the worst pitcher in the sport, it doesn't matter. I'll give you he is beloved by this fan base, and they care about that, and they should have just said, John, we love you. You're back for one year. I'll give you two reasons. It's one of the two in my mind. Either A, they just thought he was done and – He might be. Right. Is either that or B, off the board, Carmen, just Carmen prediction here or opinion – I wonder if they think that having that strong of a personality who's that close with the manager in the clubhouse was not a good fit. Like He was on the team last year. I right. can't speak to that. So Right. And they yeah. saw how it played out, and they're like, you know what? David and John are too close, and maybe it's eroding some confidence somewhere in the team. We can't have Lester around. Those, that's an interesting thought. I have no idea if that's true. I don't know. If, I, I don't. I don't know either. But it's like it's very odd to me. Like you have to start reaching for why wouldn't you want Lester back on a one-year, five million dollar deal? I mean, just to just to just to say thank you, knowing that sure. fans could be back for his two hundredth win yes. on his way to the Hall of Fame. Yes. All of it, like it does, it made no sense. So to me, it's either, and I don't even think it's because they thought he was done. I honestly, I I believe what I just said. They had sad have some some level of they didn't want him in that clubhouse, or they were just trying to change up. The whole mojo, which I do wonder about Schwarber too. But then you see Chris Bryant is leaving a Twix bar out in left field for is that. Not the cutest thing. That's ever. so adorable. And I love that he goes Twix. I mean, it's not the one seat. I think clearly the Reese's peanut butter cup is better. Snickers bar is better. See, but here's what I think Bryant was doing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He put a Twix out there because the Twix could sit in your back pocket for a half inning and maintain its integrity. You put a Reese's in your back pocket, Reese's that thing tr- might get smushy. All of a sudden. It, you lose the integrity of the Reese's. Snickers, uh, you're right. The, the Twix has better staying power, even on a hot ass Schwarber yes. in the in, during a game. And if he if he has to make a sliding catch, which is I suppose possible with with good old Kyle in left field on a on a routine, it might hurt. The Twix might hurt in the back pocket if you had to slide because the hard chocolate might break, and then you know you you've got like a mess on your hands. The Reese's might more easily smush. Maybe it was he was trying to sabotage him. Chris he, br- Bry- he brings out the Twix. He's hoping to give him a little Twix in the butt if he has to make a sliding catch. Literally, Chris Bryant is doing everything. The dude's playing at an MVP level. He's one of the Cubs that has gotten himself fully vaccinated. I love that quote. I got it. I have peace of mind. How about Javi Baez, too, working so hard to get everybody vaccinated? Let's 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 lay. listen to Javi. Listen to KB. It's, yeah. it's a little bit, uh, actually, I would say call it stunning. Uh, that the Cubs are not one of the teams that have made the 85% requirement. Are you stunned, though, honestly? I am. I am. I'm a, I'm, I wish I was stunned. I'm disappointed. I think it's a huge mistake. I'm honestly not that stunned. Uh, I'm confused by the whole thing. I don't know. You know, And, and I get it that uh, people make their own decisions in life. Uh, but so I just I just was like, what? Really? The Cubs aren't doing it? They, they were the team last year that had no issues. I, I was. Yeah, I know, which so, was really nice. But the makeup of the roster this year is different. Yeah, yeah. We're moving along here, Jordan. I am I am back on board. You know what? Honestly, yeah. my th- my my feeling on this team is, I and I, I would love to get Beto's take on this. I mean, I don't too. even. I listen. By the way, just before you give it, yeah, 
I'm not saying I think they're good. I just really want them to no, be good. No, that, that's, that's, that's along the lines of my point. What I think that I'm realizing as a larger point is like in this pandemic, all the things that, that were taken away by the fact that it wasn't safe and there were all these reasons for health and mitigations and smart things that were done, it makes you realize that you can't take anything for granted. And in sports... I think we started to take for granted that the Cubs are going to be good every year because from basically the end of 2014 through the 2020 season, which amazingly in a pandemic, they still won the division. The Cubs were good. There was an expectation that they were going to be good. And when your baseball team is good every day, you feel like you're watching a sporting event that matters. That means something, right? Like, there, I always say to people, there's nothing better than a great baseball team because it's every day, and every day you get satisfied by the fact that there is a game that matters because your team has a chance to win. And this year, it feels like that's been removed. I mean, they might go 500. They might end up trading guys and finish with 68 wins. But that means that they're not relevant. It means that these games don't matter, which makes me sad because we were used to that as Cubs fans prior to Theo and Jed getting here, right? Like, other than for a couple of flash-in-the-pan seasons, most of the time, the games didn't matter. And because they have for such a sustained period of time, I'm never going to take that for granted again. Like, the fact that the Cubs were good every season for six years, despite what we could say about maybe they should have won more or whatever, that was great. It was so great, and I hope it comes back soon because I don't believe in this team. And because I don't, it makes me conflicted watching every night because it doesn't feel like this is going to result in anything, right? Like that that part makes me feel like, man, we had it so good for so long. And so I'm honestly really thankful that Theo and Jed came here not only because they won the World Series, but that they gave us the sustained winning because that is awesome, and I really hope we get it back. That was a great journey for you, honestly. You, right? You, you just you, you had to take a step back and appreciate what has been 2015. You beat the Cardinals in the playoffs. We killed them in the playoffs. Schwar- we were homering all over the place. Schwarber had a home run on the scoreboard. We embarrassed them out that, of the playoffs. That's when we were putting up scoreboards and saying that we're going to have so much money, we're going to be able to sign everyone. Didn't happen that way. Correct, but <laughs> if you just think about, like, remember the feeling you had when Hector Rondon got the final out and they beat the Cardinals in four, and basically they kicked their ass. They, they took the team that has always beaten us and belittled us with their holier-than-thou best fans in baseball crap, and we kicked their ass in the playoffs. It was the greatest. And then the next year, we won the World Series and reached the ultimate pinnacle. And then teams in baseball were looking at the Cubs as the model for how to win. And for six years, we were good every year, and it wasn't good enough that we didn't advance around in the playoffs. And like this was such an incredible you- era, and it's ending before our eyes. And honestly, that's one of the reasons why I had so many emotions last night that were negative in watching that game because what that represented was that it's over. 
It's over. The era is over. The players might, some of them might still be here, but John Lester is old and bad and pitching for the Nationals, and, like, the whole thing just flashed before my eyes. It's it's not over until Chris Bryant leaves the building. And let me let me oh. just – let me just let me, And I, I will weep when that happens. Did you go to the Cubs' World Series celebration? Yeah, I was on a, I was on a bus with Kyle Schwarber and – Jake Arrieta. How did that happen? Because I was working at the score. Okay. Oh, and so yeah. we had the team, and so I graciously okay. was allowed to cover the, the parade and everything. So I was on a bus with Arietta, with Schwarber, and okay, so somebody you, else. So I can't you, even remember. That's insane. So yeah. you, you rode on the bus with yeah. the Cubs after they won the World it Series. It was honestly one of the most unbelievable things that's ever happened in my life. Without yeah. question. That's incredible that you yeah. were on that bus. And so yeah. you're seeing and, – and it was – I bet you the being on the oh, bus – Oh, and uh, Mike Montgomery was on the bus. And there we and go. so I met Mike and his girlfriend at the time. I think they might be married now. I'm not sure. But he was great. And Mike – so little quick story about that. So Mike obviously got traded to the Cubs midseason, right? So he was on the team only for a short time, and he, we were kind of sitting close to each other. And I said to him, I was like, you know, because he had this huge look, like the sort of stunned look on his face. I said, I said, I can't even believe what this is like for you. He goes, truly, now I get it. Because now I get what it is to be on the Cubs. He goes, you always hear about this stuff about like, oh, if you're on the Cubs team that wins. He, he said, I didn't really understand the whole thing because I just got traded here and we're trying to win and, the, and I'm, I'm trying to adjust to living in Chicago, the whole thing. And then he gets the biggest out in Cubs history. And he was so moved by the celebration, by the outpouring of support, the, the just the heights to which Cub fans and Chicago and the world at large embraced them winning. And it was just so cool to see someone who wasn't part of it the whole time to kind of get the Cubs experience all in one fell swoop. So I'm going to sh- I'm going to basically shit on this whole thing right now. Right. Uh, so the ride with them amazing. I'm yeah. sure. And everyone's screaming, right? Jake Go- is like people were Right. And Jake has got his arms in the air now, almost like Leo DiCaprio in Titanic and people are just showering him with love. Right. Schwarber and his girlfriend at the time, I, mean, I think they're married now maybe, but they were like just and taking it all in. I mean, Schwarber was God after what he did in the World Series. It was amazing. Now, where did the bus stop? Where did where did you end up in? So we end up in uh, Grant Park. In you Grant know, like Park, where we had to go in behind for the right. Now, do yeah. you remember what it was like in Grant Park? They all come up on the stage. Yeah, there's six million people there. I mean, it was as far as the eye could see. People, Madden gets up there. Welcome to Cubstock, and then he's he it, he's so excited, and then. Everyone is literally just standing there, and they just stared back at him. Like Cub fans did not know what where to do. Where were you? Though? I was at I was at Grant Park. No, I know, but where were you? Were you like, like in the front? Front or the left, back? front left. Because I was in the front, and it was hard to tell. I feel like because I've watched clips on TV, and it seems like a lot of people are cheering and going nuts. I think from where we were, because I was up in the front too, and I was like, it seems like no one's really cheering. Nobody was cheering. We didn't know what to do, and they all yeah. and these guys had just won the World Series. They looked out at them, and they saw all these bozos who had no clue how to even act because they had won it, and they're like, oh, this <laughs> but is... But it, if it, you sapped, listen, it sapped all the energy, and they never won again. That celebration, <laughs> come on. I'm telling you, they all got there like, hold on a second, we just won you the World Series, and all you could do is just stare at us like we're circus animals? <laughs> it, it, uh, 
that's what it, they didn't. No we, they way. Didn't, they didn't know what to do. No With, way. People should have been. There should have been nonstop. Miller lights, whatever, for John Lester being thrown in the air. People should they should have been screaming, going. But nuts. see, I think it was happening in the back. I think in the front, right, the fine. It was the more five the corporate people, area in the front. Yeah, the yeah. five people in the back were probably having a great time. But what the Cubs actually saw was all these just looking at them <laughs> like they didn't know what to do, hey. and then they were like, oh, "Well, I guess that was great, but it's over now because these people are just pathetic." No, I, I they, could I can tell you. So I was in the in. It was amazing. It was Mark Rohde, our friend, and me. Sure. We're standing behind the stage, and Cubs players, at different levels of complete drunken happiness, are coming by to do interviews with Mark, and I'm, like, helping him set this up, right? Yeah. And let me just tell you, like, I love John Lester for what he did for the Cubs, for what he represented for the Cubs, for the type of person he is, guy who battled cancer, survived, mentored Anthony Rizzo when he was 18 and was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, whole thing. Like, John Lester is awesome. Person, John Lester. Pitcher, John Lester. Love that guy. He came over and, and did an interview with Mark that day before they went up on the stage and was so cool and, like, so right, cool to us. Right, and exactly. Like, you, like, this is why it comes back to, again, for me, you couldn't give him five million bucks to come back for one season. This guy was everything. Like, they should have been blasting the Brett Eldridge and Jason Aldean music for John Lester on loop for 24 hours yesterday. The run was so good, and now it's dead. <laughs> Schwaber sends one high and deep, way back, and this ball is long gone. Mercy. What in the world? Over the scoreboard, on to Sheffield it goes. Schwaber with a booming home run. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. Another 3-2, and a drive out of the left center, and that baby will go! Three-run homer, John Lester! Never have I experienced anything like Wrigley Field on a nightly basis, and thank you for being so patient. Left-hander Rob Zestrizny. Zestrizny uh, working for the third time. Humble nature about Zestrizny. Just kind of seeing him operate in the Cubs clubhouse. Snagged by Lester. And he'll yeah. throw the glove. And Rizzo dropped his glove so he could catch Lester's glove. That's the smartest play in the history of baseball. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 